Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Darn IT Podcast. Episode 9. All right. Let's get on with this episode of Darn IT Podcast. Today's podcast, in the spirit of Cyber Awareness Month, is five simple steps to be more cyber secure. Now, a lot of you think that cybersecurity is this sort of elusive pie in the sky sort of thing, that it's going to be literally impossible for you to do anything to protect yourself. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are incorrect. And there are so many different cyber threats and so many different ways that cyber criminals can access your information, steal your identity and compromise your network. Um, that I can go on and on and on for a long time. But this is one thing that you may or may not hear. And this is something that I love to tell people in my endeavors when I do my speaking engagements, when I, I do my articles, etc. But I want you to know that becoming cyber secure is a lot more achievable than you think right this second. And really... What the main issue here is that we tend to overcomplicate things. We tend to overanalyze and we get analysis paralysis and we don't really do the things that we ought to do to become cyber secure. And again, in the spirit of October Cyber Security Awareness Month, we'll talk about some five simple steps. So I hope you're all excited and if you have a notepad or a text document, write these things down because this is very, very, very important and it's very simple. You can think, oh, this is so easy, but I know you all don't do this. So your secrets are safe with me, but let's start with step one, strong passwords. Create a strong password. Now, having a strong password or sophisticated password is a method of protecting your information from cybercrime like your banking records, social media, identity, government information, etc. This information is literally a stolen password away from being compromised. So if you think about all the businesses in the media, um, you know, large banks or credit agencies, etc. that you may have heard on the news, one of the biggest things that get lost during these thefts is passwords. Now, a weak password or simplistic password means that cyber criminals will understand sort of the fact that you have a very simplistic password and will start using that same simplistic password across everything that you own. So this makes you a very easy target and they're looking to, to access your bank accounts, your social media accounts, your emails, your work accounts, etc. This really gives them the key to the city, as you will, in terms of obtaining your data. So this is why a strong password will be difficult for cyber criminals to gain access to your information. So how do you create a strong password? Well, there's different ways of actually creating a strong password. Um, but one of the things you should not use to create a strong password uh, is your name, something you can find online, uh, something that um, is small or uh, a simple dictionary word. Really, a strong password is your best line of defense. And 
you know, I've seen it so many times where people have used like their pet names, their grandma's name, their mo- mother's maiden name, um, their middle name, their kid's name, uh, the school they went to, the uh, college university they went to, their boyfriends uh, or, or girlfriends or wives or husbands' names. You name it. Like I've seen it all and it's a little ridiculous. So a few things here to keep in mind when it comes to creating a strong password is make sure the minimum length is eight characters. So that's numbers, letters, special characters long. Use a combination of upper and lowercase letters and at least include one number uh, and also one special character if the account provides. I know there's some banks, Canadian banks that don't allow that, which is kind of silly, but just keep it kind of different in terms of creating um, uppercase, lowercase, uh, numbers and special characters and be creative. Um, use the first letter of each word as a memorable sentence to a phrase. So then you can make it even tougher by changing some of the letters into numbers. So, um, use a number three to replace the letter E, for example. Um, you know, if you want to try combining your pet's name with your favorite numbers and the street you grew up on and try the all different combinations, um, even something that's not easily guessable, just really combine it all. Um, create a different password to every account. People don't realize this, but once that one password gets out, even if you tweak the password a little bit, cyber criminals will be able to ascertain that password and gain access to your so-called secure account. So have a different password for each account. Now, I hear it all the time. I can't remember 20 to 30 passwords. I get it. What I would suggest is use a password manager, pay for it, secure it, but use a password manager because the beauty of some of these password managers, they actually make sophisticated passwords themselves. So that's not easily guessable or it's a dictionary word so that it helps you and it keeps it retained in this application because I know a lot of people have difficulties being creative, for example. So a password manager would be the best line of defense in terms of creating a right password. Um, password protect your devices, your mobile device, your tablets, your computers, laptops, what have you, your desktop computers, every single piece of equipment, make sure you have a pretty strong or at least a password to gain access to your devices. And most importantly, which is a bit unrelated to this, is make sure you have that device encrypted in case of loss, theft, etc that that particular device's hard drive would be encrypted so that if your device gets um, stolen or hijacked, that that information would be completely unreadable unless they have the key to access the information that's residing on that particular hard drive. Stay away from common passwords. Like I said, no repeat numbers like, you know, one, two, three, four, or two, 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 or A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, anything like that that's along your keyboard. Don't call it password. Don't call it God. Don't call it anything simplistic. Just don't use a dictionary word. Keep in mind, do not use a dictionary word. So really th- this, this piece of advice is very crucial because you need to understand the reasons why you must create a strong password. So that will help thwart some of the issues. So let's say for example, five years down the road, um, that leaked information will not be used against you and always change it. People ask me how often, really, as long as you have a strong password, you don't have to change it every, you know, 60 to 90 days, as I've seen in some environments, which is a bit ridiculous. You know, having a strong password that has everything I just illustrated 
will really keep you in the right position and in the right opportunity to stay protected against cyber criminals. Let's move on to step number two. Enable two-factor authentication or as well, multi-factor authentication. So a lot of you still don't use this very simplistic form of authentication because it helps protect or adds a different layer of protection on your accounts. Um, and it's very quick. A lot of vendors use this stuff nowadays, especially multi-factor authentication, but we're just talking about two-factor right now. For example, if someone tries to log on to your account, let's use Amazon as an example, and you have two-factor authentication on your account. So a cyber criminal knows your email address and attempts to log in with your password. Well, because that hacker is coming in from a different IP address or different locale, the uh, system will identify it as a, um, you know, maybe an authorized login or from a different location. It will send you a, an SMS message and you'll receive that message with a code. And typically speaking, the hacker will not be able to get to see your phone because you would have it and you'd then be able to log into your account. Now, keep in mind, there are threats out there today uh, called uh, SIM swapping attacks, which a criminal would basically pretend they have your number, cell phone number, would utilize two-factor authentication and then kick your phone off the network and then be able to obtain the password and then put your phone back on the network. This is becoming a, a growing problem. So this is why two-factor authentication is great to have, but shouldn't be the only line of defense. Multi-factor authentication actually utilizes a, a, the same concepts but would either ask you for a, a security key. So it's basically a USB key that has a uh, hashed uh, encryption key stored on it so that you only have that physical key. Like you want to think about a key to your car or a key to your house. Um, the There's authenticator applications, which will give you six digit code, like one of those RSA token cards that you'd be able to enter that six digit pass. So that's always rotating. Um, but that's very key as well on top of using the two-factor. Um, but any any of these things would be a good deterrent to kind of add that extra layer on. So keep that in mind in terms of protecting your accounts. Step number three, delete suspicious emails. I, I can't tell you the amount of times or the greatest threat against us as a people and as organizations alike is most of the cyber crime comes from suspicious emails through phishing attacks. So let me stress this step very, very clearly because this is a very common and most effective tactic for cyber criminals. And a lot of you think, ah, you know, I don't really use email or I'm smart enough or I understand not to accept this long lost relative of mine in the Middle East that has uh, that's a prince that has a lot of money they change the way that the user attacks. The vector's always changing. And the funny thing is, most of the time they get you when you least expect it. So you can sit here and tell me, darnly, I know when I'm gonna be fished or I will be able to ascertain what a bad email is. Let me tell you how wrong you are because it only takes one time for you to be caught off guard and get spammed or get an email that is malicious that infects your system. So generally speaking, what they do from this is they think they, they send an email that looks like it comes from a trusted source or institution or company, and they attempt to steal your information and your identity. So for example, 
Um, you know, one of the common things is, uh, they may send you an email that's from your bank asking to update their contact information. The email may look legitimate, but it's actually an attempt to visit, a, a an illicit website that you have to enter information on. So you may be able to enter information on a quote unquote phishing website, for example, the bank. So you'll enter your, your card number and then your password, but then you basically have just given the cyber criminal access to your online banking for which they will drain and access all your relative information. The best case scenario when it comes to email, and I'm very honest when I say this, and I'm not joking, trust no one. If you receive an email from someone, that be your CFO, the CEO, your boss, your spouse, um, a trusted person that's asking you for information, contact them directly through a phone number or a phone number on their website, not from that email. Make that, maybe make, let me make that clear. Open up Google, do a quick Google search of the company organization, give them a call. If your CFO or someone's asking or CEO's asking to withdraw a certain amount of money to send it to them for a project or what have you, pick up the phone and call, speak to the person directly before you do anything to help avoid any issues. Because trust me, they would appreciate the call over just sending some blind person money and that criminal will take that away from you. So otherwise, just delete the damn thing, okay? Not all junk systems uh, that are built into emails are effective. That's why we have to focus on the human firewall. Step number four, download any system updates. I cannot be more clear on this. I cannot stress this more because I hear this from everyone. From working in the trenches, there's one thing that I hear all the time from individuals and businesses is that they don't want to put up a system update or install a system update because it can screw up their system. It slows it down. You know, there, there's some conspiracy, etc. No, I'm sorry. It must be tempting to avoid the system updates because you have this illusion or concept that the actual vendor is trying to slow down your system or slow down your device. But let me tell you a very important thing. Not downloading that update is putting your computer, your technology, your infrastructure at great risk, and it will allow you to get breached and utilize the recent vulnerabilities that a hacker may use out there in the wild. Essentially speaking, on your tablets, your phones, and on your computers themselves, your operating system manages all the functionalities on your device, including many of the security aspects. So it could be a vulnerable weak link that hackers are going to target if it's not constantly up to date. You hear a lot of things about on the news of, of hospitals, organizations that are using antiquated version of Windows, for example, and they get breached because they're using those old versions of operating systems. And that's the exact reason why that happens is because there is no longer support for that particular uh, operating system. And let me keep that in mind. Anyone listening to this in 2019 is that Windows 7 will will be no longer supported by Microsoft as of January 2020. So update your operating systems. Back to the program. The reason a lot of these hospitals have these issues or um, other businesses is because they have software that would only work for these antiquated versions of Windows, yet these versions are actually sitting on the internet that is leaving literally a gaping hole into their infrastructure to take them down or to be able to lose some data because of a vulnerable piece of equipment. 
so make sure you en enable automatic updates on your operating system to make sure your device will automatically download and install these updates as soon as they're available. So there's a uh, there's an issue for your mobile device, you must install the update sooner rather than later. Otherwise, your device will be at risk. If your operating system asks you to take action or download a fix manually, do it. You cannot protect yourself or you cannot get your operating system to protect you if you don't empower it to install the latest updates against some zero-day vulnerabilities or general vulnerabilities that the vendor has launched to protect that piece of software. Really, I can tell you from experience that a lot of a lot of the issues that we come across at Darn IT Group is a lot of businesses who do not actually update their operating system, who do not have latest patches on their computers, which cause system degradation as well as security risks against that particular organization. It's easier to install an update than to deal with a cybercrime or a breach, believe me. Step number five, secure your smart device. We use our smart devices for everything these days. You know, we include uh, social media, uh, photos, documents, work, emails, and the odd time making phone calls. Hence why I don't really call it a smartphone because we do everything but make calls on these damn things. But keep in mind that these things have a plethora of information on them. So in terms of web history, emails, passwords, calendars, contact information, everything, these are this is relevant information that cyber criminals want to obtain. And if you're not secure in your mobile device, then really you're kind of giving or handing cyber criminals access to your devices so that they can steal all the information at their whims. So first things first, always protect your phone with a password. Always, always, always. Either that be with a password. Most vendors have biometrics now. So you can use your thumb and fingers to access your device, which is great. Um, you can use a non-simple password to access your phone in case you lose it. And also make sure your device is encrypting so that in the event that you lose your device, no one will be able to read said data that's on that particular device. And it'll just basically be a brick to them. Update your operating system. Update your Android version or your iOS version to provide the security features designed to keep your information safe. Uh, Android and Apple always release updates for their operating systems because they understand that these devices are out there in the wild and they're the first things to get attacked if they're on a bad network or if they download the wrong thing or, or been experienced to a phishing attack, what have you. They want to make sure you have the latest and greatest updates for their devices. Be cognizant on using Wi-Fi networks. Unsecured networks or public networks uh, could potentially be used to steal your personal information. Uh, either that be in coffee shops or airports or other businesses or friends' houses or stuff like that. When you're using Wi-Fi, you have to understand that that data gets pushed across the network. And if anyone's snooping on the router or gateway, what could happen is they can see what's going on on the network and could use that information you're providing against you. Very important next step here is be careful with apps that you install. Um, you know, even SMS messages. On your phone, you may think of this cool app that everyone's using, uh, you hear it on the news, it's cool, or you may need some functionality like, you know, changing some pictures or editing some photos on your phone, the things that may make your life more efficient. However, 
some of these apps, if you install them, ask to access certain information on your phone. And really, those particular apps may be malicious in themselves. I've heard stories on the um, on the on the Google Store that there were thousands of applications that had to get removed because they had built-in malware inside of them to make it look functional, but they were accessing contact lists, pictures, documents, uh, sent files, you know, um, you know, WhatsApp information, Facebook information, Twitter information, etc. These apps were actually acting like a so-called Trojan horse that looks functional, feels functional, but in the back end was actually stealing information and siphoning that data to a proxy server somewhere else in the world. Also make sure that when you receive text messages from your so-called bank or institutions or what have you, make sure you think twice before clicking on the link that's indicated in the in the text message. That could direct you to a website that is fraudulent, that can direct you to a website that will install malware on your mobile device. Now lastly here, watch your Bluetooth. Hackers can detect and sense your Bluetooth and it is possible for them to hack your device through your Bluetooth. I can't tell you the amount of times I flip on my phone and I look at the available Bluetooth devices that are in an area, either in a concert or in a conference or meetings, etc. I can find a lot of cell phones and mobile devices that have their Bluetooth turned on. It's very important to turn that off or at least set a limit to when these things are on. It's very important that you can access on Android and Apple devices to turn on and off Bluetooth very easily. So if you're putting all this advice into practice, you're, you are well on your way to becoming more cyber secure. Just keep in mind it's not a foolproof system. Nothing ever is. And if anyone tells you it is, they're complete liars. Always think worst case scenario. Make sure your devices are backed up. Your information is on, on multiple resources and try to do a recovery, do a, a disaster recovery situation. So you're not being the one who uh, finds out the hard way or if you have to back up from your recovered recoverable drives that you actually have taken the time to do a test bed of a recovery so just pretend your device gets encrypted or what have you just copy out the information so you've practiced it so when it comes to a real world scenario you'll be able to restore your phone or devices in a easily quantifiable amount of time so what's the end result of this and cybersecurity is not beyond your reach cybersecurity is not this elusive thing that's reserved for cyber experts but really the information is power the information that you learn through this podcast is very important and really will set the stage in terms of making sure that you are cyber aware and that you are taking those proactive measures today that will help mitigate and minimize your threat landscape in the future. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast of Darn IT Podcast. I am your host and extraordinaire, Darnley Gresson Jr., founder and owner of Darn IT Group. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Look forward to hearing from you again. Bye-bye. Thank you.